Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 66 of the Bash Mania podcast, and today we have Bo Nickel and Anthony Kassar. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bash Mania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bash Mania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Anthony Kassar, Bo Nickel, how are you guys? Doing well. Awesome. This is the first three-person episode. I'm kind of excited, kind of nervous. It's like this is new. Yeah, it's a bold move. <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. Usually, can only some of the comments. The last time the three of us were together was in Penn State, and some of the dinner comments might not be podcast like ready. So <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. But for, so first note, real quick, Bo, we're giving away the Traeger. We're extending it one day to Wednesday, June third, because everything going on today june 2nd first of all that's just wild that we're giving away a trigger by the way because those things are awesome and i've got like ncaa champions texting me like yo so what's your hookup like where's my grill and then they see the post of us giving one away and they're like what <laughs> oh i know i've had so many people hit me up about it they're like you put in a good word i'm like nah man it's like <laughs> Trust me, like i'm not even handling it but yeah you know i'm so excited to give it away somebody's going to be pretty happy. You know, I know I use mine like literally if, if in seven days, I'll use it five times at least. So same, you know, I, it's the best. I use it every day, even for like a second oven. Like even if it's like, okay, vegetables and roasted potatoes are going in like the Traeger to three seventy five. forget the oven. So that's super cool. And you guys are both down in Miami, which I thought you were back in State College. You came home for one day, made a video with an apron with no shirt on, which, by the way, I showed my wife, and I'm like, is this how I should start cooking? Am I okay in, like, this type of shape? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I missed it too much. I'm down in Miami. You know, we, we just got a, a little stovetop and, you know, cast iron. I was like, I got to get back to grilling, so I just decided to book a flight back up there just because I needed to grill some steaks. <laughs> and then you came right back down. So how long are you guys down there now for? We're going to be down here for a bit. So Definitely. Yeah, and we're Miami boys now. <laughs> how was the travel down there? My wife and I, like, I want to get out of New York because it's just brutal here. But one guy I was talking to who was going to rent me a unit at the Fountain Blue was like, listen, just be prepared to wear a mask like through the hallways, through the elevators. And I'm like, ooh, that's not really a vacation. But how is it when you guys were traveling down? Uh, it was easy. We left. We, we left like uh, we got here like a month ago. Uh, just had to wear masks like the entire time. But the plane was like decently crowded, and 
it's a pretty smooth flight right down here, and we've been here ever since. Was the mask much. okay on the plane the whole time? That's another fear I have because I don't wear a mask at all. I don't go anywhere. I just stay home all day. Traeger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't that big a deal. Like we're just after a little bit, you like kind of don't really even notice it. Like they, around here, they're like requiring masks and stuff in public places, you know, grocery stores and whatnot. But like at this point, it's just kind of like normal now. Yeah, and you guys are roommates back home, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like normal for you guys to be rooming back together again, but now you're in a dorm. But so going back to the beginning of, of why you're even going down there. So, Bo, you signed with, with Top Team with first round management back in November. And then now Anthony's with his toothpick on Instagram saying he signed too. What led to that? Like, what happened there? Well, he, he signed. Uh, and I heard some good things about them. So. Just wanted to come down and see for myself and hit it off uh, really well with them off like off the jump. The uh, they seem more like Jersey guys to me than Miami. <laughs> so I guess the, the, the two places are more similar than I thought. But yeah, they're just they're just like good guy go getters, and uh, I liked everything that I was hearing from them. So I think that they're gonna you know get me the best deals and get me the best fights and and uh, do well by me while I just kind of focus on being the best in the world, so it's going to be a good relationship. And he's one of the top promoters and managers in the sport. Like, he's obviously got to have confidence in really both of you to sign a deal before you've ever done an MMA fight to say, I want both of you guys. Is that the expectation going in? Like, listen, and obviously if I ask you guys, you're both going to tell me, I'm sure you're confident you're both going to be stars. But, like, is that the expectation for yourself? Like, transitioning from wrestling to MMA, you're going to be a star in the sport? Yeah, I think uh, the wrestlers have just like proven it, uh, especially recently that the transition's been successful. Uh, most of the champions have somewhat of a wrestling background, so I think that the gyms and the managers and like the MMA community is realizing that, and so that's kind of like testament to what what you know Malky and first round seeing us. And how much for you, Anthony? How much did Bo signing with them and Bo transition to MMA or transition to MMA? How how big of a role did that play for you wanting that same career path? Like I know you've wanted to do MMA for a while, but I mean that had to make it so much better when one of your closest friends goes that route too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, off the jump, I was like, I'm most likely going to sign with them if if Bo trusts them. I I most likely am going to trust them. And then once I got a feel for them myself, it was a pretty easy decision. And so far for both of you, I mean, how has the transition been? Even though you guys are both still, which by the way, I, I reshared your post yesterday that you signed with an MMA agent and everybody's freaking out like so much for the trials. Like, no, he's still <laughs> wrestling. Like, so for everybody listening who's worried, like both of these guys are still wrestling through the trials. But as you guys start to transition to MMA training, how different is it from your wrestling training? It's really, it's really different. You know, like, I mean, the way that they MMA is such a new sport, right? I mean, wrestling's been around for thousands of years. MMA has been around since the late '90s, so you know it's just it's really in its infancy. And the way that um, they train, it's like I honestly feel like year to year, you know, even month to month, it's changing. Like the um, the idea of like how, how to train, and like people are still figuring that out. So like it's really cool to be at a gym where the coaches and the guys here have so much knowledge. Like a lot of the guys here have been. Um, part of MMA since its infancy, and so you know they they've been seen it grow as a sport, and they're able to like you know give us good guidance and direction here at American Top Team. But like as far as like comparing it to wrestling, it's pretty different. I think like 
uh, intensity wise and volume wise, like it's a little bit lower intensity. So you can train for longer. You have like a little longer That's training. Yeah. It's not hard on your body. You know, you're not hunched over in a stance for, you know, hours on end. So it's, it's a little bit, um, it's, it's more volume, I would say. And there's a lot more things to work on, you know, because you got to know, obviously wrestling, you got to know jujitsu, you got to know yeah. boxing, kickboxing, you know? And so there's so many different, um, things to learn that like right now we're just like putting in a ton of volume and a ton of time into just learning like all those different martial arts and you know it's how they transition to mma and how how to like combine them together but it's a lot of fun for sure and are you guys confident as you start doing things like i i know both the last time you even came on this podcast you were talking about how you've been sparring a little bit hitting pads and Anthony, I don't know how much you've been doing it, but how confident are you guys where you're both NCAA champions, you both have had the utmost success in wrestling, that gives you a lot of confidence. In MMA, when it's something different, like jujitsu or grappling or getting punched in the face, which is the biggest one I don't want to do in MMA, like, how confident are you as you start to train in something new like that? Yeah, well, I think it's pretty common knowledge that wrestling is like the hardest style to pick up unless sure. you grew up with it. It's really hard to like get that mad awareness and like feel for your body and stuff. So, um, having that advantage and, you know, it's cool because a lot of the guys down here, um, you know, like Bo said, they, they respect it. And so they, you know, they're picking our, our brains on, on that style because it's, it's so difficult, but then, you know, we're, we're picking their brains on, on, on the other four or five styles as well. So, uh, we're confident that, you know, we can dominate where the fight goes no matter what. And right now, I mean, at least for me, I'm just kind of getting my feet wet, kind of feel out different, kind of see how the whole process is with these guys and, you know, the different styles and how they train and stuff. And so um, we're just more excited than anything to kind of adapt to those styles and put our own kind of, you know, feel and twist to it. And a lot of guys don't get to train with the absolute best. You guys are training with Jorge. How do you say his last name? Mazadolf? Mazadolf. Yeah, like you guys are training with him. You're training with one of the best. You know, he's coming off a couple big fights. And when you train with somebody like that, you're not just diving in and like saying, let me give this a shot. You're training with someone who's extremely respected, knows the sport. Is that like a mutual thing? Like, hey, these guys are the best wrestlers in the world, so I know they're going to be good. Or is it or is it like, hey, let's see what you got kind of thing? I think there's definitely like a lot of respect there, you know, um, just the fact that, like you said, we're here at American Top Team with a lot of like the best coaches, the best training partners, you know, in the country and in the world. Like, I think that one thing for us specifically that's important is that we always surround ourselves with with the best. You know, that's part of the reason why we both yeah. came to Penn State. You know, and that's a big reason of why we're drawn to American Top Team. And so I think like they have for sure a huge respect for wrestling. Like I know that these guys all follow wrestling pretty much, even if they didn't have a wrestling background, right. they all follow. They know about Penn State wrestling. They know about like the pedigree that we have, and they they follow the sport. So there's a ton of respect for that. And the same with uh, with us. We, we know that you know these guys are super accomplished. They're UFC champions. They've got you know 40, 50 fights under their belt. You know guys that have been in the sport for a long time. And so like we have a ton of respect for that. And like just trying to be sponges, just trying to like learn as much as we can because like we're getting a lot thrown at us, a lot to learn, and um, it's just really exciting to like be in that position where we know we're learning from the best and we can trust the training that we're getting and we can be confident that uh, the techniques that we're learning are like quality sound stuff. And yeah. that's something that's super important uh, to me. I know Anthony as well. And so it's just really exciting times down there. 
What do you think's been the hardest part as you start to transition MMA a bit? Probably, uh, I mean, we were talking about today, like there's different conditioning levels to like the different styles. Sure. So like you know, we can go for hours wrestling, but you know, you hit pads for a couple rounds and your shoulders are burning. So it's like, you know, like that, adapting to, to the, that, those different endurance uh, levels and different parts of the body is like, it's, it's difficult, but it's like, it makes it more fun. Cause you know, we're, we're used to doing one thing in one kind of positioning most of our lives. So now that we're kind of adapting to these different styles, it's, it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool challenge. What do you think your favorite part of it is? I just want to knock people out. <laughs> you, are you guys actively sparring with each other? No, no, no. no. We're just kind of messing around with other people. Yeah. What? When? How long till you guys try to spar each other? Once or, we actually know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like walking out there with an idea of what's going on. <laughs> Do you guys yeah. wrestle together at all when you're there? Like, are you like even though you're you're MMA focus right now you still both want to make the Olympic team next year and I've, I've heard a lot of great perspective on it where it's like look at you have another year in essence to build your resume and build your skill and continue building and I know you guys both want to be Olympic gold medalists how much are you still training on the wrestling side to try to I don't want to say improve your game because you guys are at the top level but you know, you both want to try to continue to get better. How much are you training on the wrestling side too? We we mostly been doing like uh, MMA wrestling, so it's like a little different. You know, it's not like uh, like freestyle or folk style. You know, we we mostly been doing just like there's a lot of guy of guys near that they they call it like grappling or like you know wrestling on the feet and then it's kind of like jujitsu on the mat so like it's not like sport jujitsu where you're pulling guard and stuff but like once you get to the mat like you're doing chokes but you know it's so we haven't been doing a ton of like wrestling specific stuff but it's like a little it's more specific to mma but you know i think that that um just opens up a whole new door and it lets you be creative and and you know i think a lot of the things that we're learning here are going to transition over to freestyle and stuff and so like we're not necessarily training freestyle, but I think it's good to like be open-minded and be able to learn things and be able to like get different looks that like we haven't really seen or you know things that we haven't thought of from a when we're we're training wrestling specific for freestyle. But you know it's so not too much specific freestyle stuff, but uh, still wrestling a lot, getting a lot of mat time. In. Yeah, and everything was was shut down back Penn State, Jersey, all that. So you know right. we came out here four weeks ago. It was like this is better than nothing so it was either back there you know lifting and um doing all that stuff you don't have a problem with lifting though i mean (laughs) let's be honest (laughs) no i was cool with that that's an everyday quarantine but you know getting the the cardio based stuff out here wrestling boxing stuff like that you know it's all going to help um transition over and, and definitely you know as opposed to not doing any of it and I know, Bo, you're already qualified for the Olympic trials. Anthony, your plan was to go to the last chance. Is that the same plan for 2021? Or do you think this prolonged time will make either of you go to any tournaments, whether they're domestic, international, anything along those lines? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk to my coaches about it, see what they have to say, just kind of you know, get a little review of what I need. Um, so we'll see. You know, I'm... I'm ready to go, so I would have been ready to go in April. I'll be ready to go whenever it is. So I'm. That's that's my focus right now. Uh, if the coaches think it, it would be 
good for me to get more competitions in, then that's what I'll do. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we kind of got to see how things play out um, the next couple months. You know, schedule's kind of up in the air still. So, but the plan's definitely still. You know, that final goal is the same. Now, and you're having you're having surgery soon too, right? So, I mean, and no wonder you're getting, like, burned out hitting the pads. Like, you got a shoulder that's messed up, and you're you're still... Do you think that's, imp- like, implicated your... Not implicated, impacted your training at all? No, it's actually been feeling really good. Um, I've, I've still been able to roll around, too. I've been rolling around with, uh, with Steve Mako and, you know, guys that are being smart with, you know, not throwing their weight on me and stuff. But in terms of everything else, like striking, jiu-jitsu and all that, like, it, it feels 100%. So... That's why it's been it's been good to stay in shape that that wise. And then the second I get the call to you know get get surgery back in Jersey, I'll get that. And then it's just on the healing up and get it back to 100. percent And that's what you're waiting on, right? Like I, the last time you and I were texting, it was that they're not doing surgeries, like elective surgeries. I think is that still the case? Yeah. They just they just started recently doing elective. Mine is um, requires some some uh, new materials and stuff, so it's kind of a uh, brand new type of surgery they're doing uh, to help me, you know, get back, you know, healthy and faster and quicker to 100%. So waiting on that, but I think it's going to be in the next like week or two. So right when I get that, going forward. I mean, you definitely need the power if you're going to start knocking people out. But was your what is your plan for for MMA from a, from a finishing standpoint? Like this kid obviously clearly just wants to knock people out. <laughs> He's ready to knock them out, throw a toothpick. Do you have like a plan on on like a, a preferred finish, whether it's submission, knockout, going three five rounds? Like, do you have a plan for what you prefer? Um, I I don't think I have a plan yet. I think that uh, my idea right now is just to be. It, it's very similar to my approach with the wrestling. It's just like be as dangerous as possible from all of the different position, any position that we could get in, right? So like, I I think like for me, when I look at wrestling, I want to be able to put you on your back and pin you, no matter where we're at, whether I'm on bottom, top, whether we're on our feet, whether you're on the leg, I'm on the leg. I always want to, I'm always looking for the pin, and so I think I just want to transition that same mindset over to MMA. So it's like whether we're on the feet and I have to, you know. Uh, you know, throw punches, elbows, knees, kicks, whether we're on the mat, looking for submissions, for chokes, for manipulating limbs, different stuff like that. I think that I just want to be, um, have as many options as I can and just basically be able to overwhelm yeah. whoever I'm getting. That's kind of like, this the same exact uh, mentality that I have in a wrestling match. And I'm sure some of these questions are stupid for any MMA fans listening. I'm not a, I'm not like the most trained guy in MMA knowledge, which is why I even asked the question. But same thing with like submissions. Have you guys been training like specific submissions? Yeah, we work on we work with uh, Steve Mako and Mike Brown. Um, they they coach the grappling here. There's a few other grappling coaches, but we've been working uh, specific submissions techniques stuff like that with those guys. Um, they like to th- their focus mainly is. MMA specific stuff so they're really MMA coaches you know they're not necessarily jiu-jitsu coaches but they're teaching us a lot of good stuff that works in MMA and and Mako what is he top team what's his connection to the gym he is top team he's the wrestling coach here okay got it and from a standpoint of you know going back to the to the differences is there things that are easier for you guys learning as you transition is there things that like wrestling has made it a lot easier to transition because of X, Y, or Z? Um, yeah, I think when, I'm, I'm obviously when it comes to, you know, jiu-jitsu, like getting, getting your opponent down and then kind of the, some of the scrambles and like it's really 
what I've been learning is like being careful of exposing myself in like certain scrambles and takedowns. But there's like so many areas that you could, you know, submit someone else or put them in danger based off of like your wrestling. So that's definitely an area that's like we're coming in with like yeah. in, in some way. Yeah, for sure. I think the thing like that that people have told me is like when you're on the feet, this person that you're fighting has to be aware of the takedown all the time, right? So you know whether or not. Uh, you're going to take them down. They're just still threatened by that, right? But, like, if, if we're going in, we're fighting somebody, I'm not worried about this dude getting on my leg. Like, he's not taking <laughs> right. so, You know, that, that's just an extra thing they have to worry about. And and really, you know, we control where the fight happens. So, like, if we don't want this to – if we're let's say we're fighting a guy that's just a striker, it's going down to the mat. Let's say we're, fi- we're fighting a guy that's huge jujitsu guy, jujitsu base, he's not taking us down. So, like, wrestling really controls where the fight happens. And so – that's like just such a big advantage when your opponent, when you're determining whether you're going to be on the ground or on the feet and, and you can just really play to your strengths in that way. And you see a lot of wrestlers right now having a lot of success in all of the different organizations. You see Lance Palmer winning these million dollar tournaments year after year. You see guys in Bellator UFC. Do you, do you guys have a preferred organization you want to fight in or is it where you're going to get the best fights, the most money, and whatever your management kind of says, hey, go do this. Yeah, I mean, off the bat, it's going to be where the money's at. And then, you know, from there, we'll kind of pick and choose. But there's there's been, like you said, there's there's organizations kind of sprouting up that have been, you know, challenging the UFC and, you know, um, doing good things. So there, there's more options now than there were 10 years ago. Yeah. Obviously, like, really we want to be in the, in, the, in the best organization where you're the, the, the true best in the world. Um, but... You know, there's also financial impact on that, too. So we'll kind of go from there and go with the guys that have experience in the industry. And to that aspect of the to the financial aspect of things, you know, MMA, a lot of the reasons people say they want to transition from wrestling to MMA is because of the platform it gives you not only to to put your character on display, you can impact more, you can have a bigger reach, but. You also can make more money. You can have a bigger platform. To that degree, have you guys been preparing on the business side for building your brand and preparing like, hey, there's more opportunities. There's more potential partnerships. Bo, I know you're building a gym in State College to try to have that avenue going. Are you guys also focusing on the business side of building your brands and setting things up to kind of build yourself up in the future? Yeah, I think like... uh it's hard because, like, at the end of the day, what I'm the only reason I'm gonna transfer to MMA and and it's because I want to fight. You know, I don't really care about the money, the platform, this and that. Like, I could stay wrestling and make plenty of money. You know, same sure. thing. You know, NCAA champion, NCAA champions. You you pretty much are set. Like, you can get coaching jobs and just with the the people that we are and the knowledge that we have from Penn State, we could stay wrestling and be, make plenty of money the rest of our lives. Like, it's not really an issue. I think that for me, like. I just want to fight. And so knowing that um, there there is a lot of money in MMA is, I think to me, it's just really surrounding yourself with the right people business-wise. And that's that's part of why we signed with uh, Malky and First Round Management is because those guys can really help us out in that area. And, and I know that for me and Anthony both, we're both interested in like real estate and, you know, I'm starting that gym. So just kind of uh, planning and preparing at this point. Um, don't really have those checks to cash yet, but hopefully <laughs> and at that point they're coming for sure. And so once once we cash those checks, then it'll just be uh, you know being smart with it, and falling yeah. out a little. 
invest in a little bit. <laughs> and, and I don't. <laughs> And, yeah, I know because when when you were in Vegas, I remember when you won the craps and you hit up the the mall right across the street. I, I remember that, but you know, it's like and I <laughs> from a money standpoint too. I I don't even say it from a standpoint like, of course you you can make good money in wrestling. There's a lot of coaching jobs, but it does open a lot of doors from even being able to do multiple different taking different avenues. Like Lance Palmer, I think is a great example where he's fighting and he's winning million dollar paychecks. And then he's like cutting lawns on the side, doing like a landscape company, and and wanting to get involved in real estate and so many different things. Do you think about different things like utilizing your personal brands? Like Anthony, I know you were kind of like late to the Twitter party. You you what? You like deleted your account or something, right? And then you like just rejoined pictures, and that's kind of where my money's at. So <laughs> the Instagram boy. <laughs> By the yeah. way, anybody listening, go follow go follow Anthony because his following is is growing slowly. He doesn't really tweet too much, but it's, <laughs> I I think it's only going to increase. Like MMA is just the audience is wild. I don't know if you guys have started getting like the the fans, but I see if you look at the wrestlers who are in MMA, you look at like the Ben Askrins and different guys, Pico, whoever, you 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 see their audience starts to get to that. They're not like there's there's a lot of respect in wrestling. Like, hey, you're one of the best. It doesn't matter how good you are in MMA. Like, there's guys who are so good and they get crapped on just because that's how MMA fans feel today. Have you guys started to to, to receive any of that yet? As you start getting like publicity, like first round saying, "Hey, Bo, we we signed Bo. Hey, we signed Kasar." I think like. I've mainly been getting a lot of positive reactions, so yeah. I'm sure the negativity is coming. Because <laughs> I have seen, you know, it seems like uh, MMA fans are a little bit more uh, polarized. They either love you or they hate you. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in college wrestling at some point, like with uh, Iowa fans, Penn State fans, yeah. Ohio State. But I think that the difference is, at, 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 truly at the end of the day, a real wrestling fan has appreciation for good wrestling, no matter where that person's from. Yeah. Bottom line, like I've had fans from other schools, you know, say, you know, we're rooting or we're all, I always hope you lose against my school, but any other time, like we'll root for you or, you know, they just appreciate the good wrestling. But, you know, MMA is a little different. I feel like people will either love you or hate you. And, you know, some people are loved more, some people are hated on more, but I think it's just it's more polarizing for sure. Yeah. You can't really, you can't really tell until we get into it, but. You know, some guys that should be big time and people like, they hate them. Which yeah. Some other guys that seem like, you know, scumbags that they love. So um, we're going to do, do, do us and be ourselves and, and hopefully they like us. If not, then who cares? Well, it's like, <laughs> like the WWE route. Like talking to Jacob Casper about it, like he's like, look at, I don't, from a pro wrestling standpoint, whether, you, whether you're absolutely loved or absolutely hated, you're valued the same because you're bringing the reaction out. And I think to a degree that's true in MMA. If you get a guy like Ben Askren, who people just ridicule all day, it's still going to bring in ratings or whoever it is that, you know, like John Jones, Conor McGregor, these guys who you get people on both sides of the fence to say, like, he's the best or he's the worst. And, Bo, to your point of people, like, respecting wrestling, I just had Imar on here. And after we did the podcast, I told him after, I'm like, 
dude, like, like, thank you for coming on. I got to admit, like, when you're in college, I didn't like you. And it wasn't that I didn't like <laughs> you personally. It's that I'm a Penn State guy. So if you beat Null for your, or you're going against Chenzo, like, I'm rooting for the Penn State guy. And he's like, I can't blame you. Like, I think I'm a closet Penn State fan who isn't a fan of Penn State. And I'm like, oh, I wish we were still recording. That would have been gold. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of uh... – there's a lot of respect in wrestling, you know, as far as just people love good wrestling. Um, but it's it's really easy to like see fighters that are really good and people still people still, you know, hate on them for whatever reason. Like, you know, I think that too, the culture of MMA is it just people oftentimes like feel like they have to play a character, they trash talk, they say things that like they don't really mean and just to get the views and clicks. And I know like for me, I couldn't I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't go out here and talk crazy in the media if I didn't like truly believe it you know you see a lot of people doing that and that's I think why the figures become more polarizing is because they, they do it really for the clicks but like at the end of the day like I don't really care about that stuff going back to like the reason that I'm I'm doing I'm transitioning is just because I want to I want to fight like that's that's the bottom line and the core of it so you know I don't have to try to act like anybody that I'm not to get clicks I'm just going to be myself and you know I, I feel like people will respond to that generally well. And if they don't, then it's not really a worry for me. I got to be honest. I see Anthony at the press conference saying, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> to whoever's <laughs> opponent is. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a good bet. <laughs> I just think the thing is, you know, you hear people like saying a lot of crazy stuff and then they get flying knee in five seconds and knocked out stiff. So like, <laughs> just can't let that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it and, and to that effect like when you guys are are starting to transition now and there hasn't been that many fights yet like we're still dealing with this whole quarantine stuff and they're, they're just now starting to fight does it elevate your fan status from like watching fights and how much you guys are clearly you guys have both been wanting to do this for a while it's nothing new it's not a surprise so you guys have both been mma fans but as you start to train and as fights start to, to 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 play out and happen, does it elevate you guys watching it from a fan standpoint, saying that makes more sense, I like this, I want these two guys to fight, all that? Yeah, and uh, that too. And then I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting like more appreciation for like the little things like that I don't usually like notice in a fight or that I know that like hurt now that I see someone <laughs> like throw, throw a leg kick or something. I'm like, oh, that hurt. Um, you know, little, yeah, to it. yeah, and then, um, yeah, and we're also hopefully we get some more like inside information, help our betting game a little bit, yeah, <laughs> put those bets <laughs> up and down a little bit. Hey, <laughs> if you guys have any inside info, please text me. Text me, a, a, you can text me from a private number if you don't want to be known, just I don't care. But if you guys have inside info, I mean, send it my way. <laughs> I think it's definitely, it definitely makes it a lot cooler, like knowing the guys personally and seeing them go out there, you know, like. Being like it's it's the same as like when you're you train with a teammate wrestling you like really want to support them and be there for them watch their matches follow them stuff like that like you know it's gonna be cool like when we get to train with all these these great guys you know these awesome dudes and then watch them go out and fight you know we'll have more of a vested interest in it and you know it's it's definitely like great to be a part of an awesome team like this where we have tons of awesome fighters you know it's really like a, a solid team environment here at uh, at ATT so. You know, I think that's going to be cool once we get to see, like, the guys that we've been training with go out and fight. You know, it'll be 
it's it's exciting. And, and Bo, I know like in our conversations, I know how business driven you are and how business minded you are. Has this training down in Miami given you more of a vision for the gym and state college? Yeah, it definitely has. You know, uh, we got our uh, architecture plans. Um, I got them over email, confirmed them, got to check them out, you know, so I'm super excited about that. You know, I've been dealing with a few different things business wise that uh, I think that um, will be good for the gym and just seeing how things are run down here is really awesome. You know, just uh, being able to like kind of see this is a 45,000 square foot gym. You know, there's I don't even I could I don't even know how many members, but, you know, just kind of seeing the professionalism here and how they run it. just kind of being able to take that knowledge and information and transfer it up to the gym and be able to, you know, put out a great product. I know we're going to have um, classes available for the public once we open up. And then my focus primarily will be like getting the fight team together. You know, I want to get about like 10, maybe 15 guys that are training full time at that gym. Um, just guys that, you know, have the same mindset as Anthony and I and be able to just basically have like an NLWC, but for MMA, you know, just be yeah. able to just kind of yeah. over. I think that, the, the vision for the gym is really in the next five, 10 years to be the premier gym in the country, you know, not just uh, a good MMA gym, not just, you know, an MMA gym that produces good fighters, but truly like the premier gym for all of MMA, where if you um, are fighting out of that gym, you're just a hammer. And so that's kind of like the idea that, that I have and what I want to bring uh, to the gym and state college once we get it rolling. Do you have, wrestlers in mind right now from the NLWC that you want to join or that have expressed interest in really pursuing that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that like the core base, we have Anthony and I, obviously um, another guy that was a Penn state guy um, for a couple years, he ended up transferring to UPJ being uh, winning the nationals at UPJ's Cody law. He's down here training for us. You know, we'd love to have him up there. Um, We have a bunch of young guys that have uh, interest in MMA, uh, Aaron Brooks, uh, Kirk Lee, Carter Starachi, all those dudes, um, Bekzad, uh, Ab- Abdurakmanov, he, he has like, Bekzad wants pro- to go MMA. Bekzad has like 10 professional fights. People don't know that. Is he really? He's like, already like has been fighting like, you know, um, for, for a while, Ben Provisor. So like we already have like a super, super solid group of guys that are, uh, interested in fighting. I've been, I've been trying to talk, uh, RBY into it. You know, he, he's a little too pretty. He doesn't want to get socked in the eye or something like that. So, once those guys get done with college, though, they'll have a place to train. It'll be an easy transition for them. That way they don't have to move their life all the way across the country or anything. They can, you know, stay in state college with people they trust, people they know, you know, because that's, that's what, I, what I want for the gym, too, is for a place where, you know, guys can go. They know that there's guys there they can trust. They're going to get the best coaching in the world and the best training partners in the world. And I know you probably haven't spent too much time with him because he just moved to PA and you're down in, in Florida, but... Gilman recently joined the NLWC. What about getting him in the gym? I feel like he'd be a nut job. I would love to see him fight. I want Gilman and Zane. I want them both fighting. Those guys are freaking animals. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know they got they have established solid wrestling careers and haven't expressed too much interest in fighting, but I'm talking I've been talking to Zane about it a lot. I'm like, dude, let's get you one fight. Like, let's come on. Let's you got to get in there. And Gilman's the same way. Those two those two dudes are are savages. So I would love. I'll what does love Zane say about it? He's just like I don't know. He, he doesn't really give me a straight answer. <laughs> he, he definitely he doesn't really want to fight. But if the money's right, then the money's right. <laughs> I feel like if if he he's a guy who loved to impose his will on someone, that's an MMA fighter. Like their definition. Going. This guy sees Zane. 
first professional fight going. He's going to be covered up right here. He's going to charge this dude straight up, double leg him down, put him in a bow and arrow, and, and sub the dude. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, and just, just like that, that's how he gets hooked. Yeah, that's how that's 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 what I envision. I can see him like Clay Guida, just like just crazy, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that dude, that dude's strong too. Like he's freaking pound for pound one of the strongest guys I know. So if he gets a hold of you, it doesn't matter. Like you're in trouble. Yeah, I feel like you're done. He's got a lot of aggression. I feel like Zane's a guy who. The, the refs have to call him off. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. And and the MMA, there's there's none of that. It's just like as long as there's no cheap shots, you can go ahead and do that. You can inflict your will. It would definitely hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I guess you know. Speaking of Gilman, like we haven't talked too much about it. Him joining the NLWC. The NLWC is an absolute powerhouse. Like, right. could literally, I think, easily be four out of the six Olympic team spots. Without like a stretch, like as as an NLWC fan, I can make the case for probably six out of six. But you know, realistically, to to say there, <laughs> what's that? Out of, we'll, just, we'll just go with six out of six. Call yeah, six. like the, there, there's the possibility. <laughs> How cool is it to be a part of the NLWC in this stage? Where I remember when Cal first moved to Penn State, and I was down there hanging out with him, house hunting. And I remember, like, the state of the NWC was, like, Les Sigmund and a couple guys, and that was it. Now it's, like, a powerhouse. You've got world champions. You've got guys who are some of the best freestyle and folk-style wrestlers in the world. What has it been like to help develop the NWC and to wrestle with them at this point? It's been pretty awesome. I mean, we've really been, like, NLWC guys since we were freshmen yeah. in college, you know, training with them and utilizing that resource. So, like... You know, we it, it really feels like we've been with the NLWC for years now, but it's truly there's not a better place to train. I believe that wholeheartedly. Like when it comes down to it, they don't nobody else really does it like us. They don't have the it's a professional sports team. You know, it's it yeah. really is. And uh, you know that the other um, RTCs are coming up and and doing doing really well. But I I just feel like the amount of training partners that we have is insane and. It's truly people just like like you said we brought up Gilman Snyder guys just want to be part of it you know no matter what school they went to in college they want to be part of the NLWC because we have the best partners and the best coaches and I believe that wholeheartedly so it's just it's a it's a real blessing yeah and Anthony you just signed with them right like you're you're NLWC now too officially yeah I felt like I've been signed with them for <laughs> years now because uh, you know I had a crazy college career obviously so. All the times that I was hurt and out of school, like I was only allowed to train with them. So I've definitely trained with them more than the, the, the college team. So um, just kind of been an extension of that. And you can't really, like Bo said, like there's nowhere. It's very rare in the world and in, across any, you know, uh, business or, or field to, you know, be with the best of the best in, in that craft in, in one room. Um, and that's what we have at, at NLWC. So it's like people are attracted to that because they're attracted to greatness and they want to be around that and feed off of it and like we just all kind of you know um feed off of each other and make each other better and we all want to be the best and so you just really can't ask for a better environment does it does it put pressure on you guys like when you're around greatness especially at, at, at a place like penn state where 
everybody for the most part is successful. Does it put more pressure on you guys? Like, especially now as you balance both your MMA aspirations and Olympic gold aspirations, does it put pressure on you guys? It's like, okay, listen, I want to give everything to MMA. I want to give everything to wrestling. And you both want to be champions in MMA and Olympic champions. Does it put pressure on you at all to make sure you devote yourself to both of those aspects? Not really. I mean, at this point, don't, the reason that we were down in Miami is just because everything is closed up in, in yeah. Pennsylvania. We had no place to train. And so we figured that uh, training down here, being able to grapple and wrestle a little bit is better than nothing, right? And so at this point, we're still both fully committed to wrestling. You know, we're not transitioning over to MMA. So that's that's one thing that um, I wanted to be like very clear about when I was going through it was I'm not training uh, – both at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm fully devoted to wrestling at this point and I don't really feel like extending myself in that way would be worth it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't go this next year and have trained both and look back and been like, man, like I didn't give my all to wrestling. I could have done this and this and this, I couldn't live with myself doing that. So I'm just, I'm still all in with wrestling. You know, I'm not training MMA, um, part time. I'm just, um, here right now because, this is where we can train. Um, and you know, we weren't able to train, uh, in Pennsylvania. So, you know, it's, it's not really a case of doing both at the same time. Once I'm done wrestling transition over full-time MMA. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be, you know, hundred percent all in on, on what we're doing. So, um, at least for me, I think it's, sim it's similar with Bo, you know, we don't know hundred percent that, you know, we'll be done with wrestling completely after this next Olympic cycle. But, uh, when we do make that transition over, um, even if we do have different paths completely to MMA, it's going to be 100% to MMA because I don't want to be, you know, half in, half out and, not, and, you know, chase two rabbits. You don't catch either of them. So that's kind of how I've lived my life. And that's how I want to, you know, continue to do it with MMA. Do you think that you're continuing in wrestling past 2021 is contingent on a win or a loss at the trials and Olympics? Mine's definitely not. Yeah, I would say no. I mean, it's just kind of what I feel in my heart if I'm, if I'm able to let go of the sport of wrestling or not at that point, um, it's going to be based off of that. I mean, technically, you went into one Jersey State Championship tournament, won it. We talked about this when you came on the podcast. You went into one state championship tournament, won it. You went into one NCAA tournament, won it. So it would be cool to go into one Olympic trials and one Olympics and win it. But then I feel like win or lose, like if you lose, it's like, man, I can, I can be world champion. I want to give it more. But at the same time, if you win, it's like, I'm an Olympic champion now. I don't want to yeah. stop. Like, is it, yeah. did, did that factor into the contracts at all as you start to sign? Like, not many wrestlers have contracts with MMA managers. Did that factor in, like, having the flexibility to still do what you want? And if you're you're still hungry for more wrestling after 21, 2021 to be able to do that? Yeah, I think, like, with the contracts, um, our manager is very cool about, like, he's not like, hey – this is the hard date. Like you have to have your first fight by then. It's kind of, it's very much up to us in our regards, in our career of like when we want to start fighting, when we want to wrestle till. And so like, it's not really about, um, you know, it's not really like, Hey, you have until X date to wrestle. It's really what we feel in our hearts. I think like at the end of the day, like wins and losses don't really, they don't define you. So don't like base your career on that. Right. Like yeah. I'm not going to call my career off based on a win or a loss, I'm just going to go with what I do, be true to myself, do what I want to do, and, uh, yeah, handle it that way. Yeah, I mean, he's helping us out right now. He's managing us right now. 
um, you know, with our sponsors and, and wrestling, you know, affiliated things. So um, that's just going to transition over to MMA. So it's not like he's completely MMA specific. You know, he, he's definitely doing a lot for us. Is he giving um, you a toothpick sponsor right now? <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> I mean, if he hasn't, what is he doing? But so I, I guess last thing here before I let you guys go, you know, uh, the last like four or five or six episodes, I've been hearing some hilarious stories. I've been ending this podcast with just funny stories that have made me laugh and the audience laugh. What do you have for the audience of just a funny story, anything from the last couple of weeks, last couple of months? Like, give the audience something funny to laugh. Nobody needs it more right now than now. Most dangerous question you've ever asked. <laughs> we have to have a yeah, you got it. No discussions. Yeah. This is it. Just don't look crazy. at each other. This is it. <laughs> this has been a crazy trip. So, I guess we'll we'll keep it. <laughs> All right for the kids and our, our first I guess the craziest one of the crazier things that we've done since we we're down in Miami was um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tiger King but yeah one of the Tiger <laughs> by the way Carol Baskin got control of a zoo today I don't know if you saw oh, that really? yes <laughs> so I don't know if y'all if you're familiar with uh, one of the zoo owners uh, Mario but um, we were able to visit his zoo and we hung out with a chimpanzee and wrestled around and played with a chimpanzee for about 45 minutes. And that was dope. And that was dope. So we got to, you know, tour the zoo the whole day, got like right up next to the lions and the tigers and all the, all the cool animals, jaguars, monkeys, you know, we're feeding animals right out of our hand. Like the crazy, it was literally like a bucket list thing. One of like the craziest. Yeah. Is that uh, where you were, po- you were posting the monkey on your shoulder, like buddies yeah. or something. Awesome. Tried to adopt him, but yeah, they they love him down there. They love him. I know. We were trying to. He's part of the squad now. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we've hunted pretty much everything. Everything <laughs> <laughs> you could hunt down here, except the people. I, uh, I saw you guys hunting like anacondas or something. Pythons. Pythons. Yeah. Pythons. I want nothing to do with those things. Nothing to do with them. Me neither. I hate snakes, but they told us to go out and kill them. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Did you find any? No pythons, but we got to hunt some wild boar, so that was pretty sick too. Yeah. So we've been we've been running around just like eating meat, drinking coffee. What? How are you cooking the meat if you don't have a trigger down there? I know. I want. I need it bad. I I need the ranger at least so I could like pack it as a carry on and like get it set up or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get you one. Um, is there any shot that? you guys end up with like a second residency in Florida after all this? Like, it seems like you guys are really liking Florida and I know you got a home and stay college, but about it. I mean, I'm not super fond of Pennsylvania winters, so I can see my December, January, February in my, in, in Florida, Miami, and then the other nine months, you know, up in state college, but we'll see. And the good thing about this is we have like these dorms to come to and just live at and train. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have a place or anything. Yeah, so we're def- we're definitely gonna be back and forth from here. And now Miami's pretty similar to Jersey, is what I realized. Besides the <laughs> it's the beater ever- weather, twenty four seven. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm ever gonna go back to the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who saw that coming? The Jersey kid doesn't want to come back from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was all fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, where where in Miami are you guys? Coconut Creek. Coconut Creek. I got yeah, a buddy like, who lives over in Aventura. So when I go down, I go over there a lot. Gotcha. All right, it's sweet not- guys. Well, anything you got left here before I let you go? Any any other funny stories? Any other anything? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save that for when we hang out. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you for, for coming on, and you'll both have to come back on and give an update to everybody pretty soon here. Absolutely. Sounds good. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.